Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Barrett Ejectish, and Ryan Huang with you. It's time now for the Bigger Picture. And hawkish seems to be the word of the day. The U.S. and its allies getting more hawkish on Russia. And no surprises, the Fed getting more so as well. So what's next, Ryan? Yeah, so we've got possibly more and bigger rate hikes to come. So that's according to the latest Fed speak. And also more sanctions could be coming when we get US President Joe Biden meeting his allies in Brussels. So we've already gotten some signals that there will be not just new sanctions, but new measures to make sure the existing sanctions are being enforced. So all that will be digested by investors. Um, let's get a bigger picture from Abhilash Narayan. He is the Senior Investment Strategist for Standard Chartered Private Bank. Morning, Abhilash. How are you doing today? Good morning, Ryan. Hey, Abhilash, uh, let's dive into what's happening in the coming day. We are expecting possibly more sanctions to come. But the thing is, we've already seen prices of many things hit multi-year highs, things like fertilizer, grains, so really important things for the economy. If we do get more sanctions, Ablesh, how much will this hurt market sentiment? Uh, thanks, Ryan. And, and that's a very good question, right? Because we've already seen so many sanctions, especially from a financial market perspective. See, the, the biggest the point of discussion has been whether uh, more European nations sort of uh, put import sanctions on Russian energy imports, so oil and gas imports. Uh, and that could be something that does have an impact on the global supply and demand balance for, for oil prices. So we've seen oil prices sort of pull back after touching, uh, you know, about $140 per barrel earlier uh, in, in March. But uh, in the past few days, we've, we've seen oil prices steadily rise again. So so that remains a big risk, right? Uh, the other uh, potential impact is obviously Russian export of other commodities such as metals and even agricultural-related commodities, which do have the risk of uh, raising uh, food inflation for a lot of emerging market countries. Okay, let's talk about what speakers have been talking about for the past week. Um, the rate hikes, we've been seeing this play, being played out that we might get bigger and maybe even faster rate hikes. So some are pencilled in, 50 basis points in the May meeting and maybe also 50 basis points in June. How realistic and likely is that, Abhilash? See, uh, I mean, if you think about it, Fed was already struggling with inflation before the start of Ukraine-Russia war, which has raised the risk of inflation. So as you rightly pointed out, you know, markets are uh, sort of thinking about whether Fed will do a 50 basis point rate hike in May. And they are assigning a 70% probability of that. And that probability has been boosted by recent comments from uh, Fed Chair Powell and even uh, Fed President Bullard. But another way of looking at it is, you know, it's only natural for Fed to be hawkish today when the inflation is at a 40-year high. Mm. If they're not hawkish now, when will they be hawkish? So, you know, in the next few months, Fed will focus on inflation. A 50 basis uh, point rate hike is possible. But I think as we move into the second half of the year, growth will come into focus. So if you look at the signals from bond markets, some parts of the bond market curves have inverted signaling a growth risk. And, you know, while the 10s 2 curve, which is the main recession indicator, hasn't come close to, hasn't inverted, it's come close to zero. So that's something which we think may lead uh, the Fed to slow down the pace of rate hikes in the second half of the year. Yeah, but let's just talk about how this is playing out for currencies. And a stronger U.S. dollar 
seems to be conversely bad news for the Japanese yen. It's at its lowest in six years. It's now past 121 against the greenback. And for Japan, there seems to be plenty of headwinds going on, uh, especially a power shortage in many parts of Japan right now. So how much lower do you see the Japanese yen going? Uh, that's, that's a good question, right? So, obviously, Japanese yen has been hit by sort of a perfect storm. The dollar is benefiting from safe haven demand. The dollar is benefiting from increased Fed rate hike expectations. And on the other hand, Japan sort of suffers from the fact that it is a major energy importer and you know, it's, it's facing uh, you know, uh, energy shortages, as you mentioned. So, I think in the near term, obviously, uh, you know, we are looking at levels in the range of 125 or thereabouts. Uh, which which could be uh, something crucial to watch out from a psychological perspective. Uh, but, you know, Japanese yen is a currency which has been more volatile historically than a, a lot of other currencies. So, uh, you know, it's, it's very natural to see very sharp uh, pullbacks mm. or, or sharp swings in, in the yen. But, you know, on, on a 12-month horizon, we think that uh, Japanese yen should strengthen modestly from where we are today. So we are looking at a 12-month forecast of around 140, 115 for the Japanese yen. Yeah, talking about rising rates and the Business Times, uh, we've got a story about how mortgage rates and borrowing costs are set to go up. Abhilash, how will that affect business activities and investments, especially for property sector investors? See, the initial reaction would be that uh, rising borrowing costs are negative for businesses and, and for the property sector. But you know, it's important to look past the, the first view that comes to mind and look at it from a more nuanced perspective. So if you think about businesses, right, what matters to them, uh, apart from borrowing costs, is also their the growth prospects. So as long as economic growth continues to be fairly strong, businesses should be able to absorb higher borrowing costs. Now, if you look at 2022, we do expect global growth to be above trend. So obviously much slower than last year when we saw a recovery from pandemic-induced recession, but you know, still a healthy recovery in 2022. So we think that by and large corporate profits should increase in the range of uh, 8 to 10% this year, which is in line with historical averages. This year, we think that corporates should be able to absorb rate hikes. But yeah, obviously, next year, if the growth slows down, then that would be something which becomes a bit more concerned for, for, uh, for a lot of companies mm. and markets. All right, Abhilash, uh, just to wrap things up, I love seeing new buzzwords and this one is uh, something I've, let's call my eye, Como, C-O-M-O. Uh, walk us through what this means, how it's playing out in China. It's the cost of missing out. So how much exposure are you recommending in China? Well, uh, see, at a headline level, we are uh, overweight on Chinese equities uh, within the, the context of global equities. But uh, you rightly pointed out that, you know, cost of missing out is something that a lot of people don't focus on, but is very, very important if you are a long-term investor in, in financial markets. So we did an analysis uh, some time back uh, where we looked at returns of S&P 500 from 1988 till uh, end of last year. So 34 years of data in total. And what, was, what came up was really interesting. So if investors remain uh, in the market through the ups and downs, but if investors miss just five best days in uh, in last 34 years, their total returns would drop by around 35%. And if investors missed uh, the best 30 days, their returns would drop by around 80% cumulatively. And that just goes to show why it's important to remain invested because it's very, very difficult to time uh, the days when markets go up very sharply, as we saw uh, for European stocks two weeks back when stocks rose 9%, and for Chinese stocks last week. So, you know, uh, while remaining in the market when uh, things are in the red is this tough, 
uh, empirical evidence shows that uh, it makes sense to remain in the market. And if you have cash on the sideline, you know, use dips to add uh, exposure gradually. So, you know, we, we still remain broadly overweight on Chinese equities, but, you know, it, it's going to be a volatile ride. Yeah, let us say uh, time in the market, more important, timing the market. We've been Chairman Abhilash Narayan. He is the Senior Investment Strategist for Standard Chartered Private Bank. Abhilash, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.